Hello and welcome back to Life in North Dallas. We're your hosts, Louis Manto and Eric Manto. Our goal as a channel is to share the most current and exciting North Dallas market trends, quality of life experiences, and areas of interest so that we can be your go-to experts in North Dallas. Come with us as we explore the communities, lifestyles, and people living right here in North Dallas. All right, we're back with another podcast here with Life in North Dallas, and we've got a very special guest list. So, Lewis, tell us what we got. Absolutely. I'm very excited uh, for our special guest today. You know, he's a husband to Angie and father to two wonderful children. With his diverse background and wealth of experience, he's a valuable member of both his community and his industry. He graduated from Gunner High School in 91. During his high school years, he was an exceptional football player and received a scholarship to play at Texas A&M University. Not only did he excel on the field and in the classroom, but he demonstrated strong leadership skills, serving as the captain of the football team during his senior year there at A&M. After completing his education, he started his career as a firefighter in Salina, where he served for 11 years. His dedication to his community continued as he became involved in local politics and served on the council since 2009 then became mayor of Salina in 2013 and has held the position ever since. In addition to his public service, he has had a successful career in the business world and serves as a vice president of Centurion American. And so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, mayor of the beautiful town of Salina, Texas, Sean Terry. All right, all right. How are you, sir? Thank you for coming on. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. We appreciate you being on with us and... uh, we're excited to get into Salina, Texas a little bit. Well, it's kind of cool that, you know, we had a chance to visit with Sean a few minutes before the show here, and he kind of let us know about his background, which is, uh, that's one of the fun things about this podcast is we get to meet people who so far have been able to fill in a lot of blanks about the town of Prosper and Salina and Gunner for that matter. And you've got quite a history between uh, your dad being a coach here, your grandfather being the superintendent of Allen High uh, ISD. I mean, tell us a little bit about all that. Yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, I've, I'm sixth generation Collin County. Wow. My granddad was superintendent Allen for 25, 26 years. He had the first school named after him over in Allen. Both of my parents graduated from Allen. My wife actually graduated from Allen. Oh my. Her dad was an All-American running back at A&M and was also the assistant police chief in Allen. Wow. And so we had a lot of Allen ties. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, my dad being a coach, and my, me and my brother both played sports and we moved around a bunch, but ended up in Gunner my senior year. But he coached in, in Prosper. I think it was their first state championship in baseball. When we 1984. Were I, that was my first yeah. gold medal because I was a bat boy. So, <laughs> but, you know, it's just been great to see, you know, North Texas grow like it has. We've all mm-hmm. talked about that. But just the relationships. You know, I believe in regional partnerships. And, you know, just having the opportunity. My mom was a teacher as well in, in Prosper and Salina mm-hmm. and, and, and Gunner, and just kind of had moved around teaching different places. But just seeing the growth up here and, and understanding traditions, you know, being an Aggie, we really learn about traditions and watching my dad grow up and seeing this area flourish. It's just been real fun. No, that's amazing. And uh, certainly that would uh, just we, it's understandable why you went into public service, you know, kind of what led you into into running for mayor and, and had you had any council positions prior to that? Yeah. So, you know, I was, when I was at a and my dad always taught me if it wasn't me, who would, who would it be <laughs> do things, you know, and I was on a volunteer fire department in high school because I was nosy too. It kind of keeps you in what's going on, <laughs> yeah. but also help your community. Yeah. And my parents always taught me that. 
And when we were at A&M, my father-in-law, who played there, was good friends with Rick Perry, who was ag commissioner oh, at the okay. time. And so they'd always ask us, hey, get some athletes. I was a punter. My stage name was Punter from Gunner. So I, was, <laughs> I wasn't I was high man on the totem pole when it came to, you know, Division One football. But we got asked to bring some athletes to help some fundraising for Rick Perry. So I thought, man, this is kind of interesting. And as a punter, I made a great – me and Coach Slocum were very, very close. My freshman year, our sweet mate had a heart attack and died on the field. Oh, my. And wow. so it really – the hazing and all that stuff, it didn't happen at A&M. It was early in the season – and so the seniors to freshmen, we all bonded together. We wow. ended up becoming the winningest team ever in Southwest Conference history. We didn't lose games until bowl games. But it really brought us close, and it got me and Coach Slocum and all of our coaches a little different uh, relationship, I guess mm -hmm. you would say. And so it really – we had to grow up kind of fast then. And so we would go help Rick Perry. So when I came to, to Salina, I immediately joined the fire department because that's what I love to do. Sure. And I wow. went to the Carolina Panthers, was there about six months, didn't make the team. Coach Slocum kept me a graduate assistant's job back at A&M. I coached and said, I don't like to coach. I, I just, <laughs> it wasn't in me. I wanted to be a fan for a change. Right. I grew up around it all my life. And Rick Graham was uh, – or not Rick Graham, but um, oh, Phil Graham was running, looking at running for president at the time. Well, okay. His son was right. at A&M. Right. So Coach Slocum said, I know you really don't want to coach, but stay involved with me, work on your master's, and go to some of these fundraiser events. So I would just tag along with them and, and go to these events. And so when I came back to Salina, I got on the fire department, Corbett Howard was our mayor then. <laughs> well, Salina was 4,000 people then. And probably three years later, four years later, we became a home rule city. We've got over 5,000 people. Right. So you had to open up another place on the council. We had five seats then. It became six plus the mayor. So <laughs> Corbett, as a mayor, says, hey, I think you would be good at uh, council. Would you consider running? And it was a volunteer fire department, so I wasn't conflicted out that way. And I said, sure, I'll run. And so I had an opponent, can't remember his name. He had just ran against Sam Johnson, spent millions of dollars, got beat. Oh my. Signed up. The last day to sign up, I'm going, what have I done? But I said, <laughs> you know what, I'm just going to do boots on the ground, talk to people, end up winning that election, and just really found another way to serve my community. And so really it was just kind of <clears throat> by luck that Corbett asked me to run. I said, sure, I'll try it. And then the rest is kind of history. No, that's amazing. Wow. And I don't – do you know Mike Wadsworth by chance? I don't know if you know Mike or not. No. He was a longtime Prosper resident, but he and Corbett have been friends for years. Oh, I do know who yeah. Mike is. Okay. Yes, I've met Mike a couple of times. There yes. we go. And and actually, Mike uh, turned us on to Corbett as well. And I think I met Corbett yeah. over the years. Uh, I think I met him at a quarterback club meeting here this year, as a matter of fact. But he's coming on the show in a couple of weeks as well. well that's awesome. We're going to kind of get his perspective, and I'm sure it's going to kind of dovetail very nicely with what you're going yeah, on. I just left his office, matter of fact. You know, <laughs> oh, nice. I think that's one thing. I that I believe it. in as far as the, the traditions is Corbett was mayor there back when we didn't have two nickels to rub it in. Mm. And so he, he worked for the city after he got through being mayor and having that industry knowledge, because mm -hmm. I believe when you tell somebody you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Sometimes it's not always written in paper. So when a development comes in 20 years ago and you made commitments that may have not been what was on paper, but having Corbett or people that have been around and saying, Hey, did y'all intend for this to be this way? Yeah, we did. Then we can honor that. And I think it really helps our city grow in a strong way when you have that industry knowledge. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it seems like right now, I mean, you know, we've now been here for 21, 22 years. And, you know, the pace of growth is accelerating rapidly. And in Salina, we're seeing that especially, you know, as we get now the, the tollway going all the way up and through there. Choke Parkway is completed. You know, what are the what are the some of the big picture plans? I know Eric Everson 
had mentioned that you know we're we're slated to have something like 20 fire stations yeah. in Salina down the road, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, what can you share with us that is kind of happening in, in the growth? Well, you know, we got Methodist Hospital that's coming, which oh is my. huge for us. So we were supposed to have a groundbreaking last week. They've already started moving dirt, but it's going to be right there in the tow road in 428. Right okay. Yep. At that intersection. Yeah. And so it's already, you see dirt moving there. That was big for us. That's we huge. got Costco. Costco is going to come to Salina, and they've never been to a city under 150,000 people. It's amazing. But I think the groundwork we've laid for the last 20 years of going and talking to these people, selling Salina, but also, we have more tow road frontage and Preston Road frontage than Dallas does, if you can believe that. That's interesting. And so, wow. we have the arterials to get you there. Our focus for the last 10 years that I've been mayor, and even before, on, I was on council, actually, since 96, I became mayor. So, I was on council oh, for wow. about four years before. Hmm. And so, I think we've really worked hard on infrastructure. You mm-hmm. hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. But Preston Road, we've got it good now. We have the tow road. The next 30 days, you're going to be able to get on the tow road and end up at FM 121 and Gunner. Which That's is amazing. crazy. Yeah, that you is know, awesome. I think Costco is a big win for us. I think we've really worked hard on getting our downtown right. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. always ask, how do you keep small town Salina? It's the people that come there that buy into what you're building. And I think we call it the heartbeat downtown. <laughs> as growing up as a kid, that's where you would go find people was downtown Salina. You didn't have cell phones in. You know, Prosper didn't have much of a square. Gunner didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Frisco was kind of a yeah. little bit far out there at that time for local high school kids to meet. Sure. You're looking for friends, you went to the square in Salina. So we try to keep that mentality of really focusing on the mom and pop businesses, the unique stuff. If you think about when you go travel, you don't go travel to go to a Walmart. You go travel because you want to go see something unique. Absolutely. And that's what we're doing. And we felt like the big boxes, they're going to come because we're Preston and Tow Road. Let's take our time and build downtown, get the infrastructure in place so we're ready for it. And you've done a great yeah. job of that. I mean, uh, we certainly are big fans of of the businesses along there, and and of course, uh, uh, Michaela Everson, who is a classmate of Lewis's, is yeah. finishing her bakery right there off the square. And you go, you do your Friday night markets there, mm-hmm. and just so many great events. Uh, uh, you know the uh, what is it? The we got the Cajun Fest. Cajun Fest is one that I was trying yeah, to get absolutely. to. Yeah. So I mean, you've done a great job of that, and you're right. Of all the little towns around North Texas. Salina has a great square vibe, and yeah. it seems like you really play into that nicely. We do, you oh, know, yeah. and we had to really, and it took some challenges of we had to go out and buy some houses around the square because hmm. we saw the vision down the road. We need to expand this square. Hmm. And a lot of the houses were rental properties, so we didn't kick anybody out of their houses, but we worked with the landowners and, and, and stuff because we knew we have a chance now. We're not As we grow, you're not going to have that chance again. Right. And so we were For able sure. to expand our square at some point. It's going to be another block and a half all the way around that. Wow. And our downtown, oh, awesome. I believe if downtown is going to stay strong, your city hall has to be downtown. Mm-hmm. So we have our vision of where our downtown is going to be for the city hall downtown and our parking garage. Oh, that's wow. super nice. Yeah, I know the uh, the roads are being improved around you know, the square and, and beyond, which is great. And Absolutely. there's been a few businesses that have come and gone along the square over the years, but, uh, you know, like in that, was it Mayors that, that Mayors of grocery Mayors. Yeah. 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 Is that now, is somebody going to move in <laughs> so, there? There's a couple of, of people that are looking at it and I think okay. we're fortunate and I got to give Van Nichols and Greg Allen, Eland energy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they have done been great partners. They mm-hmm. own a lot of businesses downtown. Van was on the city council in Frisco when they started growing. And he right. said one of the mistakes they felt like they made was their little square area down there. They had businesses there. Then they came in and fixed the streets, and they all left. And it hmm. took them eight to nine years to get them back. Oh. So they had to force out to say, hey, we'll partner with you as a city. We created a downtown TERS that hmm. allows any money that's spent downtown goes into a fund that can only be used for downtown. 
Oh, and nice. so before wow. vans started and them started filling up those businesses, we went in and redid our pavilion. We had a little pavilion mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. We redid that, redid our streets just immediate there. Mm-hmm. And then they started handpicking people to come in. So they own the mayor's That's building. Awesome. They own that whole strip there. They've been very selective who they bring in, working with the city. But their retention has been awesome. And so mayor's has a couple of kind of the last piece of that puzzle downtown. They want to make sure it's special somebody. Mm-hmm. We have two they've been talking to. Because it's not cheap to go in there and fix those bi- those sure, buildings. No, that's a you know. big expense. Yeah. yeah. But you've got some great, you know, shops in there, you know, between Toasted Walnut, sure. uh, you know, Tender, Papagayos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wooden you know, Penguin, Roller Town, yeah. Beer Works. Toasted right? Walnut, which Toasted is a cool Walnut. deal that went in there, you know. And and we have our EDC building next door. So mm-hmm. we got, we're visible down there, you yeah. know. And we got Buff City Soaps. And, yep. you know, and Michaela's deal, we're looking really forward to that it, yeah that's super i remember exciting. talking about little wooden penguin when they first mm-hmm. our city manager and jason lexus said little wooden penguin wants to be here and you know they're uh, the owner that's from prosper mm-hmm. you know yeah. them you know taylor and, and, and katie they're awesome i said what is a little wooden penguin <laughs> you know? well it's a wine bar we're gonna do this and they took this old building and they have it's been fabulous i mean it is the hangout place for people it's very family kid friendly mm-hmm. and, and having partners and it takes partnerships sure. like taylor and katie oh, yeah. people like that that will put their own money up partnering with the city it's our job to help them get through that process, but taking a risk on being there. And it's been awesome. It's one of my favorite hangouts. No, that's wow. amazing. And, that's uh, really exciting. you know, of course, getting outside of downtown a little bit, you know, the old Solana Park, which, you know, was built now, gosh, it's got to be 15 years ago. I think we just celebrated our 10. No, it was. I think it was 15 or 20 year anniversary we just had. I uh, it's remember. been around. That was Corbett's baby. So he'll be oh, able to really? that. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah. that's and insane. they've expanded that here yes. and, and moved more fields in there, which is great. Now, I think there's oh, yeah. another park slated to go in somewhere in town. I thought I've seen parks or, or so signage. We have taken over the old traditional football field in Salina. Mm-hmm. That was okay. Owsley Park. And Jack Owsley and their family had left that in a trust years ago. Originally, actually, I think it was 80 years ago, 70 years ago. Oh, wow. They wanted to give it to the city. And the city's like, we don't want it. So <laughs> the school said, we'll take it. And that's where the football field was. And it may yeah. have been longer than 70 years. But we were able to work out with them and with the school and with the Housley partnership, we're going to name this, the, the new park down there, Housley Parks. Oh, nice. We've actually made, moving our senior center down to the old uh, locker rooms. We're redoing all those. We want to keep that history. We're not getting rid of the fields, the field that's there. But that's going to be a park. It's going to be a linear park system that goes. There's a creek that runs there. We're going to mm-hmm. clean that up so you can go all the way to downtown. Oh, nice. We're also expanded the wow. Oslana Park, but we're also expanding internally, putting more kid-friendly stuff in there for playgrounds. We have probably – that's one thing we've learned from Frisco and other cities. You can't buy enough parkland. So right now <laughs> I think we have four or five – 100-acre parcels that will be parks wow. that we've wow. worked with That's developers awesome. to be able to get it. And so that next park will be out by Collin College, out there by Lakes of Mustang okay. mm-hmm. and all that, Mustang Lakes. It'll For be sure. back in there. We're actually right yes. now designing that. And so we really want to make sure we have all of our – we've got almost all – I think we have all 23 fire station sites already accounted for. That's amazing. We work great with the school district, both Prosper and Salina, to make sure they have school sites because earlier you can do that stuff. That's why, you know, we didn't go out. Our philosophy was we're not going to go out and build a $40 million city hall yet. we got to make sure people move to cities because you got good schools and right. they're safe. And that's where right. you yep. put our money at. Absolutely. And I, I think I did read also that you hired, and I'm sure if it was Van or not, but you hired somebody who was integral in the growth of Frisco, right? Who was kind of, wasn't he a city manager in Frisco and kind of helped for the, the planning of all well, you know, Frisco? Our, our city manager is from Little Elm. 
that okay. came from there. Now, Mayor Masso helped some with our, we got Lexus Jackins, our EDC director. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've hired a couple of employees from Frisco. Okay. But we've got different consultants that we use that come in, whether they specialize in master park plan, which we just got done. Sure, sure. Or arts and culture, which we're kicking off now. We actually have a retreat this weekend to go to South Lake and spend the weekend to tour. Hmm. They've got some amazing arts and, hmm. and events that we're going to tour over there. Wow. And so... We, we used to meet, when I first got up to be mayor, I thought it was very important that we get with the, the EDCs and councils of Frisco, McKinney, Allen, places that have been through what we've been through. Mm-hmm. And so Mayor Masso and Jeff Cheney now, Mayor Cheney, yep. and mm-hmm. George Fuller and those guys in McKinney have been so open that we've talked to about what did you do right and what did you do wrong. You're going to make mistakes. But one of the biggest deals I remember in Frisco, if you remember, when they were doing the Preston Road and the Tow Road was kind of under construction at the same time. It was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. It was and crazy. so we had enough money in Solano that we could we could have built six lanes to the the red light there by the old high school. Okay. But yep. we had enough but we could extend that to four lanes all the way to our current high school. Right. So we're like, you know what? Yeah. We need to do that now because we don't want our kids driving on a two-lane road. Exactly. And we made our medians extra wide. Yep. Because yeah. we had 10 miles. Prosper was a little bit shorter so they could do theirs all at one mm-hmm. time. We just didn't have the money set aside other than that. Sure. And so we, we're, we're happy we did that now with the growth. And then when we do come back in and add those lanes, it doesn't tear it up. We fought hard with the tow road along with Prosper to make sure we had our access done right now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be fortunate because if you notice the big section, they're going to start the main lanes. Mm-hmm. It yeah. won't tear, they can go and blow through it because they don't have to stop traffic. Right. And Which so things nice. like so that smart. we learned from Frisco getting east and west connectivity, like mm-hmm. the bridge you're doing here, mm-hmm. our outer loop. We worked hard yeah. with the county. Because now you can get on the outer loop and go to Custer Road. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. before, it was going to stop a little bit before the college. And we're like, let's get creative. We want our <laughs> college to have good. And so the county having those partnerships. And it's all about partnerships, you know. And so we wow. had those relationships. Well, and, and you so, know, the infrastructure is really critical to keep, you know, people moving. I mean, you can see 380, unfortunately. I, I'm not sure they've really planned enough so. for that one. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, definitely no. a busy thoroughfare. It needs to be wider and it is what it is, but yeah. uh, the new overpass, uh, do you have an idea when the new overpass is going to be Man, open? It looks no. like it's close. I think it's close, and I had heard rumors it was 60 days out, but mm. I've heard that before. I now, think the I did see, slowed them down a little bit. I saw yesterday, the day before, that the toll tag sensors are on because I can see the lights on on the yeah. camera. So hmm. that tells me, and it looks like they're starting to clean it up. It could be imminently getting ready to open, yeah. and that's going to be a huge help. That's, game changer for all yeah. of us north yeah. of 380 oh yeah you know it's huge it's it's i mean we live just east of here and i shoot across now and when this yeah. new bridge is fully four lanes going to make things great and for football yeah, weekends i mean it oh, gets yeah. locked up in here well even if you remember before <laughs> they had the tow road to 380 you would shoot, you could shoot over to whatever that pga park where they call it or whatever oh, right, right. Yep. shoot yeah, over yeah, yeah. A lot of people didn't know about it at first, so it was nice. And now it's backed up again. Yeah. Yep. So, like, get this open, and it opens up everything up. Uh, well, oh, yeah. it's coming, so that's a good thing. That's no a doubt. great thing. But, no you know, certainly uh, Salinas seems to be way ahead of the curve as far as building out the accessibility of parcels of land so that you can now add homes. Whatnot. It looks like there's a lot of construction going on just north of downtown uh, what is that parcel going to be? Is that going to be single-family or apartments? It's going to be a mixture of single-family, multifamily, commercial. Okay. Ryan Griffin and his wow. partner, Capital Group, and her uh, uh, Rock Hill Capital. Ryan okay. Griffin's yep. old Frisco guy. Very good partners with us. Hmm. And Horizon Capital merged. And the first phase, hmm. they're going to have Taylor Morrison and... Okay. Um, I can't remember the other... Toll Brothers. 
two great builders, but it's going to be an extension. It's really our first, in my opinion, development that's an extension of downtown that can come in and be a game changer for us. He owns the partials all the way from pretty much Preston Road all the way to 455. Wow. So it's a master plan deal. So there'll be a mixture of all kinds of different. That's exciting. First phase is going to be single family homes, maybe a little commercial component in there, maybe a restaurant. But we're really excited about that because it really opens up that north side and allows people that want to, we have a ton of people that want to live downtown. Mm -hmm. And so it really opens up that avenue for us. No, and you're you're building the downtown and bringing those businesses in to make it walkable, right? So, you know, will that community be more than just a, you know, streets north south east west streets will it have some kind of vintage feel to it at all what do you think yeah i think it's going to have more of kind of a, a have some used streets a lot of open space there that's nice. you know we're a very golf cart friendly town yes Absolutely. and so that's one thing that we're excited about is they're going to have some charging stations in there for their residents because it helps alleviate parking downtown we're looking in when wow. we extend our that's square true. and do things having charging stations that can go in they can drive their golf cart up plug it in and so it helps us with that's parking awesome. too. That's huge. Yeah, that's, no, that's and awesome. it gives you the freedom. You know, again, how do you keep small town feel? It's funny. We keep the music on on the square every day, yep. seven days a week. Yeah, and it's funny when it something happens, it goes off. We get phone calls <laughs> because you get out of that car and people say it gives you a feel of being at home because the music is on. Absolutely, you don't feel like you know you're downtown shopping. The music's going. You got kids on golf, not kids driving golf carts, <laughs> but kids on there with their families <laughs> on golf carts. Of course. And, you know, really, it really makes it a sense of, of community pride. And yeah. that's, we're going to be a city made up of a lot of HOAs. We know that. Mm-hmm. We yeah. actually have a life-connected department that all they mm-hmm. do is work with the HOAs to keep mm-hmm. them connected to downtown or to any wow. of our restaurants, but also let them know what's going on in the city. They meet with them once a quarter. And we also started new um, Citizens Academy where they'll come for a day or an oh, evening. Nice. We'll talk to them about what's going on in Salina, answer any questions they have. So for really, sure. if you want to keep it small town, You've got to keep that relationship sure. and, and keep that connectivity because HOAs are going to have their own life, but we need to get them together to meet other neighbors that can meet downtown or any of our local stuff. Well, you've got, you know, sense. Life Farms, which is right behind us here, and that's a large master plan mm-hmm. community. They've got a lot of amenities on site for them. They're a mud, of course, Correct. and I don't know how many more different mud properties are going in, but... You know, the master plan communities have their place, obviously. And I know a big part of that is the advent of pickleball courts. Oh, we, gotta, yeah. we need more pickleball yep. courts. Uh, everyone needs more pickleball. Yeah, which we is, need more uh, pickleball courts and yeah. stuff. <laughs> and, you know, that's funny. We have the head of the pickleball association. One of them lives in Salina. Oh, really? And so we have wow. one tennis court in Salina. And so <laughs> downtown, my, my city, my parks director, Cody Webb, called me about a year ago and go, hey, we need to line some pickleball court down there. And I go, what is pickleball? <laughs> and really, I didn't know. No. And so we went down there, and he lined them because you can play tennis or pickleball. Yep, yeah. What we found out was Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays, there's 100, 150 people down there. It's crazy. Wow. And so they came to a council meeting two months ago and said, we know we have plans for pickleball courts, and we do. They're just not here yet. She goes, but we have a request. The lines need to be turned this way because of the oh sun. Oh, my goodness. But guess what? We went down there and changed the lines. Oh, nice. And our restaurants down there catered to them. They cater to our restaurants. They'll call them up. Hey, we got an order of X amount. They'll wow. deliver it over to them. That's you know awesome. that's one thing. Little Wooden Penguin has really opened so up cool. the golf cart friendly. As you can go to Penguin and order food from Lucy's, and yep. they'll go pick it up on a golf cart and bring it oh to you. Oh my table. goodness! And so, wow. to me, the whole pickleball and that whole environment of all the restaurants working together, it's not about it's my stay out of my lane. Yeah, it's like we're here to help. There's one time that yeah. Lucy's were making pies for tenders and. 
just that cohesiveness is what we tried to create. Absolutely. And, and you know what? That's, that's such a, a big part of how small towns lose that small town feel mm-hmm. is that's that right. they don't really make a concerted yeah, effort exactly. to, you know, work together. It's an abundance mindset, right? If, right. if I help you succeed, I'm going to succeed right. as well. But yep. We all win, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's why you have a 7-Eleven and a QT or whatever on all the same corners. Yeah. And I think that's our biggest challenge today is new people moving in, understanding the culture and understanding what we're doing. Absolutely. I don't think a lot of citizens take the time to really understand what goes behind the scenes to put on a simple event or yep. to host like we did the other night. Last night we had a deal for active shooters bringing out the community, and one of our officers talked about how do you talk to your kids about that? Right. And wow. I don't think people understand how much planning goes into mm. that stuff. You know, they're yeah. more about what's my road look like or why is my water bill high? And yeah. you know, they don't, and they don't even want to listen sometimes to what well, water does cost. <laughs> and, and we're actually could be a lot higher. So, you know, yeah, exactly. I think that's one of our biggest challenges as a growing city is to for sure make sure we keep educating. Well, and those small things are invaluable to people. I mean, you can't get that anywhere else, but in a small town. Right. Um, Something I wanted to ask is just, you know, are there any upcoming events or developments in the city that you're really excited about and that you feel the community members should be excited about? You know, I think you hit it a while ago, Uptown. It really excites me. That's okay. going to be something that's kicked off. They've been moving dirt for a while. I think that's going to be an awesome addition. Yeah. You know, we're building a, our first golf course in Salina. Okay. Called Legacy Hills. It's going to be Legacy a private Hills. golf course. It's going to be open hopefully by the end of 24. You know, wow. that was a, a, a community called DynaVest that had been around a long time. Okay. It was a, a mud MMD that we were able, the city was able to convert to bring it into the city. For sure. But also, it's 3,600 acres. Del Webb is building their product out there. It's going to be a Del Webb community okay. on a certain section of it. It's got yeah. tow road frontage. It's got business 289 frontage. And I huh. think having, have, there's not going to be a whole lot more golf courses built. But I think being able to have a private high-end golf course out there will be something that we're really looking forward Absolutely. to. Absolutely, It's going to really help. We've worked with the PGA. PGA's, you know, right up the road, but they also need other venues for them to play at. And so yep. I think that's something that's going to really fit good with us. I'm really excited that's about awesome. the Methodist Hospital because I think, again, Prosper getting their hospitals has been great. Absolutely. It cuts our lead time. I remember being on the fire department, and the mm-hmm. closest one was in McKinney over off of, you know, Highway 5. Oh, yeah. That was a 45-minute. Oh. 30, 45 minute drive. Now it's tough. It's cut down a bunch now, but now being able to have my fire department come get you, take you to be at the hospital in 10 minutes, be back ready in service in 30, that's a game changer. For Absolutely. Students. I think that's something that's huge for our citizens that to have that life safety. And through COVID, we saw yep. how important that was mm. that these hospitals oh, yeah. filled up. And the more you can have, not control it, but in your community, that your citizens get a relationship with that hospital, that when yes. you have something that happens, they know where to go. Yes, absolutely. And that's a big name. Obviously, Methodist is, uh, you know, a very big business unit here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And having them, you know, bring their services to your backyard is, you know, it's amazing. Huge. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. And, I'm, you know, we're having yeah. the uh, the A1 locksmiths and Browning safes. They're, hmm. they're building okay. right now. They're going to have one of their largest showroom floors for safes in any of their oh, companies. that's really exciting. And so they've kicked that construction off. It's going to be right there by the fire station in that, in that section on Preston. But that's something excited for us because 
we need to attract more men's things, I guess, if I want to put it that way. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of, we talk about that on the square all the time. Oh, well, that's true. You know, Buff City soaps exactly. and the florist, et cetera. Yeah. And Roller Town's cool. And yeah. now Michael Arani is building a facility that's right by the Penguin that's going to be a cigar lounge and oh, it's wow. going to be a whiskey bar. Oh, that's and awesome. So we got to have something for everybody. And that's sure. what we try to achieve. You're talking about pickleball courts. Now, cricket's become a big deal. You know, our really? Indian population is really starting to be right. Oh, wow, yeah. And so culturally, we have to change with what our citizens want. Absolutely. And so we're going to look at cricket. It's not going to happen next year. But we're trying to find, is there a field that they can go play cricket? I don't know nothing about cricket. A parks director has researched it, and we're having communications with their, their groups. And wow. So, so you really have to think when you're going to be a city of 350,000 people. Right. you got to mm-hmm. think about the cultural changes and how do we adapt to that and make sure that everybody has – something that they can do and enjoy. Well, and, and awesome. you know, when, when we came here again, not to sound like old man, you know, back in my day, yeah, 20 exactly. years ago, <laughs> you know, it was all, it was all, you know, kind of very homogenous. Right. But now, I mean, we are just oh, seeing yeah. so much diversity and it's great. I, for me, I've, I've traveled the world, my military days and my business days. And I love to eat all kinds of cuisines from everywhere. I love the fact that we've got Indian restaurants in Prosper and, you know, Asian restaurants here yeah. and there. So, you know, those kind of things, it, it just fills out a community. And I, I see we're getting a lot of diversity coming into Prosper for sure. And I guess now Salina as well. Yeah, starting to get there too. And you got to, yeah. you got to consider that. And we, we, we embrace it. We love it Absolutely. because it, you don't push back. You've got to embrace it because it makes your community, again, the small town feel, get to understand what Salina was built on just like Prosper. And for sure. watch your neighbors. That's the biggest deal. And I think COVID, again, taught us a lot of things about how important local government is and how your relationships with, with your people. Yeah, yes. and I certainly appreciated, you know, your weekly updates during COVID. You know, you were a superstar on yeah. on on the podcast and uh, the Zoom calls, which was super cool, right? Well, and yeah. uh, you, you know, know how that came about was funny was. <laughs> and, uh, we, I'm fortunate. I've got a lot of great relationships with the governor, the attorney general, just in my private business, we do a lot of stuff with them. Yep. And I remember the third day of this, me and Chris Hill, we went over. He asked us to come over and stand on the courthouse steps. And he made his speech of every business is essential. Hmm. And before, you, re- every, there was fear. Before, sure. you, nobody knew what was going on. And Chris, there was a couple of us mayors that went and stood with him. Some of them wouldn't, but some of us did. And I felt the same way. Every business is essential. And you start thinking about it. You cut, If you're a barber, it's as important to you as the person selling shoes, that's your livelihood. Absolutely. But I remember leaving that meeting and I get a call the next day from a citizen in Salina that her husband's a fireman, was a hmm. fireman, not in Salina, but another city. And she goes, Hey, and we've known, I've known her all my life. And she goes, I'm, I'm worried. I'm fixing to go walk my son outside. Am I going to get arrested for that? Wow. Hmm. Because they didn't understand. I said, you know what? It's our duty to bring this city together. So we started doing a Facebook live every day. Hmm. And we wow. got creative. We would go to businesses and we'd sit outside and, my son was a senior that year in Salina, mm. so they okay. missed out on half their school. So we would do a deal saying, okay, tonight, Lucy's or Jimbo's Pizza. <laughs> they're gonna, you order pizza from them, a senior will deliver it to your front door and put it on your front door, and they're raising money for their graduation class. Yeah. And then we said, you know what? We need to do a drive-by to all these businesses. This is four or five months into it. Mm-hmm. And so we, got, we had a, a parade and we would, we probably had 30 or 40 people in this parade. We would drive by businesses and they would hold out signs. And Corbett Howard, wow. we tasked Corbett, he called every business in Salina. Wow. Said, what can we do to help you? Wow. We increased mm. our, I think we had 27 new businesses open up through COVID. Our sales tax went up 90 something percent. 
And I think a lot of that was the citizens that usually drive to Frisco, Plano to work, they were working out of the house. Sure. And that's yeah. when we found out our gigabit city initiative that we had already put hmm. in place. You know, we became the first gigabit city in Texas last year. What does that mean? Yeah. That means every household gets, a, you can get a gig of fiber to your house. Every house has fiber that runs to the house. Wow. That's awesome. So from an internet standpoint, it's huge. Yeah. And so it came through COVID. People could actually work from home because they had the right fiber. Wow. And we had to, the hmm. EDC took that risk on seven years ago. Uh, we were going to build our own fiber ring. We were going to own it. We were going to run it. And then AT&T has bigger lawyers than us. The legislatively, <laughs> it's tough to own it. But it woke them up. We were able to have those meetings and going, hey, we're serious about this. They go, okay, we'll retrofit all these areas. So then GCE says, well, we're coming in too. It's free market. So they would come in. We had one neighborhood that was so far north that it didn't make sense, but it was in our city. And so EDC and their HOA got together and go, it's going to cost X amount to do this. Why don't we upfront it and y'all pay them back over a five-year period? So we were able to get it all done, get it all in. And so if you move to Solana, any house you move into, you, you can get up to a gig of internet speed, which you can run like 70 Netflix at one time. Yeah. So it's really been a game changer for us to be able to put that in. Because we knew if we didn't do it now, it would never happen. Never happen. Sure. Because a lot of cities, mm. you know, I work for the one of the largest developers. There's a lot of communities that'll come in and you get half of it done first. And then they may never finish it for 10 years. Wow. We changed our ordinance that says you build in the city, you have to run fiber to the house. Wow. Because a lot of people would have fiber in the street, but then they run coax cable to the house. Mm -hmm. Well, wow. that distorts all that. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. that was a huge for us. No, that's impressive. But again, you know, that's just, again, learning from what other cities in our area have done because the growth is slowly marching northward, right? And I'm sure yeah. Gunner's going to learn mm -hmm. from Salina and Prosper. But, you know, you guys certainly have set the table properly so that, you know, you're going to have great services as you continue to grow and the growth is only yeah. going to accelerate infinitely faster. Right. I mean, it's, it can't go. And I think it gets Oof. down to a common sense approach a lot and it really does. You, you, you know, I'm not a big book reader guy and I think it's just common sense of listening to the surroundings, listen to your citizens and really internet today is just like water and sewer for a lot of people. Sure. Governor yeah. Abbott's made that a big priority for infrastructure, but it's hard when you're a city like a Dallas of, how many people are Plano or 300,000. Yeah. If you don't go back, you can't go back and retrofit everybody. And we were no. fortunate at the time we caught it. We weren't huge yet. We had developments just underway. Mm -hmm. It was a great timing for everybody involved. That's oh, and, and again, to recognize what some of those needs will yeah. be for yeah. people. And, you know, the, the way our communities have gone to work now is totally different than it was just right. three years ago. Oh, yeah. Yes, I mean, exactly how many people right. are working from home? It must be, you know, a incredible demographic change which helps, you know, traffic on the highways, et cetera. And oh, it changes yeah. your thinking of how to grow a city from corporate campuses because what I think the trend's going to be moving forward, we're we're lucky we have a lot of open space. I, I'm, we're trying mm -hmm. to find that first corporate campus that wants to come in and say, you know what, I want to build my campus here. I want to build houses on the property mm -hmm. because my yeah. employee, I need in there twice a week, but I don't need in there five days a week. So I can build not a million square feet, maybe half a million square feet. They can get on their golf cart, ride to work those two days, mm -hmm. but they can work out of the house the other three. But if emergency wow. comes up, they can get right there. Then they can incentivize those employees saying, you know what, that house might have cost 500000 but you come work for me, I can build it for 300000 Or I'll rent you the house. There's all kinds of ways that we Absolutely. think that's going to change the way we go to business, do business, that corporate campuses are going to look like in the future. Well, and those corporations are definitely saving money on that, uh, you know, workspace mm -hmm. that they're not having to spend. But, you know, to attract great workers, you know, having some of those opportunities where they may share in the housing costs because 
hey, let's face it, housing is not getting any cheaper. No, it's not going to. And it's not going to. And <laughs> and we live in an area where the real estate market is still on a brisk mm-hmm. pace and growing. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, but, you know, you've got to at some point, you don't want to be able to out afford what your what no. your people can And live I think in. that's a challenge now is what is affordable housing and how do yeah. you achieve it? Because the same restaurants that are coming in need employees. And how do you manage that? And that's something that we talk about. Sure. I speak on a lot of different things. I'm speaking two weeks at BizNow, which is a big deal that we do. And all these groups that we speak at, that's always a question. How do you achieve affordable housing? Mm. I think cities are going to have to think, how do we incentivize that? We've always incentivized for nice, pretty, big, unique things. So yeah. the city's going to have to get in the, the game of going, okay, we want you to bring in that $250,000 home or 300000 which I guess is affordable today, <laughs> and you're paying 100,000 acres for land. How do we incentivize them and say, okay, we're going to help you on a pit or something to knock some of that price down so you can achieve that affordability yeah. so our teachers have a place to live and our first responders have a place to live. I think that's one sure. of our biggest challenges moving forward in this market. How, how much of the, you know, the um – rental communities are we seeing much more than i know you know i live on a street where they're you know speculating putting in a rental in on the millen property you know i'm talking about there right but i know that they built one here on the corner of uh Mm -hmm. 289 and and they got one right over here lot farms that's right in life farms are we seeing a lot more of that and and how does that balance out you know what so this is the the trick with those they're going on a piece of property that's already been zoned for multifamily. So multifamily mm-hmm. is a dirty word for some people, but what we've been able to do is, for instance, one by lot farms that could have been four story, four story apartments. Mm-hmm. The rental community comes in; they're considered multifamily component okay. because they're one, they're platted as one, and so same ownership mm-hmm. for all those houses. Most people don't have a problem for rental communities as long as the rental house is not next door to your house. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is kind of the mentality. Yeah, and so we're seeing uh, some of those coming in, but it's not like we're changing the zoning for them. It's already okay. zoned multifamily. We look at it as a win because it's single family home. It's all maintained by the same HOA management company. Sure. Yeah. But we're taking that four story down. Aesthetically, it's a little bit more, a lot less more pleasing. people on the property because yeah. you got single family. I think on the flip side, if you're sitting here talking to Governor Abbott or talking to some people, the American dream is kind of, that's going to hurt to a certain extent because we've our family, my parents, you would own a home, you'd own a home, and then you'd sell the home, and that was kind of some of your retirement. Right. In yeah. 30 years, you could go buy something else. Now you've got you know, yeah. people my kid's age or they're going in and renting these places that they don't want to ownership. So when does that level out? I think it goes through cycles a lot. Yeah. I think the single-family residential has a great place. I think still, though, we thought that would achieve the affordability level, and it hasn't. Because yep. this one over here, I can tell you 12 people that I know at least that love Salina, that have big houses in Salina, their kids moved off. I can sell that house and go rent this, and they're getting 1600 1800 a month on a, a, a two-bedroom or three-bedroom that might have went yeah. for 1200 before COVID. Mm. And so I think some of those were, were used to be able to get affordability. That's not the case. You're getting people that we love their staying in Salina, right. and there's some prominent people, but they're filling those roads. So I think you'll see some more single family residential. I think you'll see, but I don't think you'll see new zoning for it. If it's already been zoned for it, I don't think you're going to see, unless it comes in in a 3,000 acre or 1,800 acre package that, hey, you're bringing me million dollar homes and you're going to have some of this in front of it. 
that may happen. Mm, mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it's mm. a fine, delicate balance, it obviously. Is, uh, sure. But, you know, and, and thinking about down the road, you know, you're looking at a population of 350,000, mm. you know, size of Arlington, Texas, basically yeah. here, just north of us. And, you know, the number of schools that'll have to be built and, and stadiums and everything. I mean, it's going to be a major, major undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you have to have great relationship with your schools. I mean, you know, we prosper as a quarter of our city, mm-hmm. and then the rest is Salina. And I have a relationship with both of them. I know a lot of them consider Bobcats, and that's been a difficult deal for a lot of our <laughs> old, you know, old timers, or even me. You know, I wasn't so bad because I was at both. But yeah. uh, there's some diehard e- Prosper Eagle fans, sure. And, oh, and yeah. so you know, you just kind of let it flow and go how it goes. You respect the ones that feel like they're in Prosper and let them do that. You know, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah. I wish we had a rivalry. Prosper is so much bigger than us. We can't ever play anymore. I remember uh, when oh we yeah. were when I was in Prosper, we were one A. I think yep. we had eighteen kids on football team, Gosh. and we didn't even play Solana back in the day because they were already bigger than us. And yeah, I know. it's crazy. It really kind of happened here in the mid two thousands, right when you know Prosper rose up and won a state championship, and then you know we yeah. got zoned for another classification. We grew from three A to four A, and. 5A then jumped to 6A. It's like, you know, it's been a meteoric rise for us here as well. well and it's really been hard, I know, for, for Prosper ISD, the challenges because Salina feeds into them and I think McKinney and some of Frisco. Yep. And mm-hmm. So they're getting hit from three or four different cities, mm-hmm. not just in Salina. At least down, our school district knows our boundaries and we know, <laughs> yeah. you know we're in constant communication, which sometimes being in other cities, it's harder to have that industry knowledge of what's coming in next. Sure. Oh, sure. absolutely. Well, and I mean, we're seeing it all around us, right? With uh, Denton is pushing up against us mm-hmm. and Braswell High School here. And, you know, we're building new schools yeah. weekly, it feels like, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, and my wife being a former school teacher and talking to our friends who, you know, right now it's a shuffle thing, right? Where people mm-hmm. are moving schools because they have to. I mean, they you got to, you got to staff up. And, you know, hiring educators is not easy anymore either. No, and, and it's tough. It's a tough Challenge, business. All those challenges, and then you throw the parent factor, and I get it. I was blessed to be able to go to the same schools because we were so small, but I would. it would be hard if my daughter was going to school this year or the next year. Oh, we got to move you over here. Yeah. That's tough, but it's, it's you know, you live in this area. You know how we're growing, and, and I know Holly, and I think they're doing a fantastic job in Prosper. I think Solano, Dr. Tom, and them doing a great job. And I think we're going to build in Salina, we're building a new school every year for the next 10 years. Right? Wow. It's already wow. on. We'll have our next elementary school open in the fall. <laughs> and yeah. every year, they're going to build one every year. That's awesome. That's so, awesome. That's, that's uh, you know, it's part of the growth <laughs> yeah. of it going on. But, hey, it's a good thing, right? Absolutely. We'd love to see it. And, you Absolutely. know, and that's the thing I think that, that we, if I had my crystal ball, I'm a small town guy. <laughs> it's funny I'm saying this because I work for a large developer. But I also want quality. <laughs> and, and there is property rights in Texas. And so when we get beat up, I cringe sometimes when they post up, hey, Costco's coming. And people look at what Frisco's dealing with, with the Universal Studios. Mm, yeah. You know, there's property rights out there. And so yeah. are you going to work with them and get the quality you want? Because they're going to be able to build. At the end of the day, they you fight it out in court, whatever. You're going to be able to do what you want on that property mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to some level. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so just like Light Farms, that's a mud. It's not in the city of Salina. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they were great partners with the city. They set the standard really for the rest of our stuff because mm-hmm. they built to our quality of housing. They needed water and sewer from us, so that was one caveat we had. But having that partnership, that they could have mm-hmm. went out there and built mobile homes. They could have done Absolutely. whatever they wanted. And so yeah. we appreciate them. We have a great relationship with them because they kind of kicked us off on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a lot of our citizens, not a lot, but some, they'll understand the, the property rights deal. 
you know, we were big on annex, 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 annexing properties in. Sure. Because, sure. and I hate using the word control, but we wanted quality. Sure. And if we just didn't do that, I can give you cities and show you to where they took an approach, well, we're not going to do that because we're going to, well, you've got to protect. If you don't do it today, it doesn't happen. And we've Absolutely. almost got all of our ETJ, either a pre-annexation agreement on, and it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. We'd go out and meet with groups going, we want to annex you. Well, now, well, you're, you can't say, well, you're driving on my streets. Well, I won't come shop on your store. And I, and I understand that too. Cause if I lived out yeah. in ETJ, I wouldn't want to be annexed in. Sure. But also we'd go out there and say, okay, in 15 years, you're going to have X road built. What if we do a pre-annexation agreement with you that says you don't have to come in the city for 20 years, but <laughs> if you sell the property, then it throws it in a different category. And yeah. we were very successful. We haven't annexed anybody that actually, since the new laws went into place that actually lived on the property involuntarily. <laughs> if they wanted to come voluntary, we did. We did go out and annex some pieces in that were just wide open land, no infrastructure on it. Right. But we took that approach because we did, sure. if we didn't do that, who knows what would have happened on some of our... Absolutely. Because we're 80-something square miles. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so. that's what I think one of the biggest knocks of Houston is, is that they just kind of let that grow willy-nilly and, you know, you have a real yeah. confluence of things going on there. Well, which that's is where crazy. MUDs came from. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. a city made of MUDs. Yeah. And MUDs are good for some people. We're not a big fan of them. And that's why we try to incentivize and use what's in our toolbox, whether it's a pit or a TERS. I would rather give up. Lakes of Mustang is a great example. Mm-hmm. You've been out there, I'm Absolutely. sure. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful development. Mm-hmm. It was a MUD when it started. Mm. We were getting zero dollars off of it. Mm-hmm. So we went and negotiated with them. New owners actually came in too. And we were able to get like, we gave them like 40% of a TERS, I believe. So we're getting 60% of the tax money. They get 40 for a 25-year period. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have 60% of something sure. than 0% of nothing. <laughs> and yeah. they built to our standards, and it's just been fabulous. They've That's since awesome. bought more land, which, you know, and, and stuff. And it's really, it's, it's, I lived on that. That's old Folsom's Ranch. That's where yeah, I lived. Absolutely. Where I lived oh, Prosper. yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived here. We okay. just showed a home over there in the Grand yeah. Homes uh, in yeah, exactly. Wellington, I think, or whatever that was. Something yeah, like Wellington. That. Yeah. yeah. I think it's Wellington. That was the Jarma's, the Jarma's yeah. property. Yeah. Was right oh, there. Jarma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right there on the left side there. Yeah. Well, uh, well, hey, we're getting kind of close here, so I'm going to, I guess, wrap it up here with just this last question or statement from you, essentially, which is just, what message would you like to share to our listeners or anybody coming to Salina about the community and how they should feel when coming to Salina? Man, I would say get involved. Do your research. Yeah. You know, we got election season coming up in May. And Absolutely. I think look through the the, the minutia of the stuff and really ask questions. And, For sure. And really, I hate when people say, well, I'm going to lower your rider weights or I'm going to lower your taxes. It's hard to do in a growing city. We actually mm. did go down our taxes this year, Sam. But mm. in, our, in our water rates, we haven't had to raise them. But I would say get involved in the community and use social media for a guide, but yeah. get the facts. I mm. think yes. that today, social media can be good and it can be bad. <laughs> and I would say just get involved. You know, awesome. understand what the culture of Salina is, but also understand we do have a regional approach. If, you know, we have a major event, Prosper is going to be there like that. We're going to be there for Prosper. Yeah. But if you're moving in Salina and get involved and look at our, you know, we have all kinds of different academies they can come to. We're very Facebook, Twitter, social media. We put all the information out there. Absolutely. If you have a question, don't be scared to pick up the phone and call myself or call city staff. We're very oh, available. Awesome. So yeah. just, just get involved and get the facts. I think that's the biggest That's great. Thing. Well, you know, social media is a great filter for getting certain things a yep. certain way, but you're right. I mean, getting involved, there's no better way to learn how, what it does to 
you know, get in, to get be a part of the city and to really make it the way you want it. Well, that's sure. why I appreciate y'all doing this today. I love doing these podcasts because you can sit down and just talk. Oh yeah. I, I have people sometimes, you know, you get an email and I don't hardly ever respond to emails <laughs> with it, with an answer. Mm-hmm. I go, let's sit down and talk. Mm-hmm. Cause you sit down and talk most of the time you can get there. Oh, that yeah. 1% is just mad. They're never going to understand it. Yeah. But if you can get down and talk and that's why we still do coffees with the mayor and council and, mm-hmm. you know, try to get out. I try to go to every event I can because you, First, we're growing so fast. Mm. But two, it really gives that personal relationship yeah. that, hey, you know, you got a problem, let's talk about it. Most things can be fixed. Absolutely. Or I can at least tell you, you know what? We had to do it because of this way, and I'm sorry. You know, we're here. We're elected by the majority of the people. Yeah. And that's what we have mm. to remember. Love it. And that's Love awesome. It. So I guess we'll finish it off here. Just how should people find you, be it on social media or just looking up online? You know, how should people find you if they want to get in contact with you? So, you know, you? City of Salina. You can go to our it's lifeconnected.com or cityofsalina.com. You can great go there. app by the way, Life yeah. Connected. I have well, that thank app. You. Yeah. you know, our Life Connected is it's our great hashtag that we mm-hmm. have. And I'm pretty easy accessible. I'm on Facebook. Oh, you yeah. know, just Sean Terry at Facebook. I'm not very original on that stuff, <laughs> but I'm easy. You can go That's to cute. our uh, the Life Connected app, app okay. or go online to lifeconnected.com. Perfect. Cityofsalina-tx.com. Pretty easy. Just Google Salina, Texas. You're going to be able to find it. And so uh, always open for questions and anything I can do to help educate people more or they want to hear my opinion, I'm more than happy to give it. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us today. This has been an amazing conversation. Learned a lot for sure. And great to know more about you as well and your history here in this area. And uh, we'd love to have you back again when things are we have an HEB looking out over here, hopefully, (laughs) and you know, it'll be a whole different set of uh, views, but again, appreciate you having on and uh, we'll see you at the next event. Lewis, why don't you get us out of here? Well, yeah, it's been good. This has been mayor Sean Terry of Salina and life in North Dallas. All right, here we go. Get that music outro, some clapping, very official.